Hello and welcome back to the Final Whistle podcast. My name is Harry McBain and joining me, uh, joining Bobby and me today to talk about the World Cup qualifying group is comedian Freddie Quinn. Uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you two? Uh, really yeah, good, thank you. You're both yeah. a lot younger than what I expected you to be. <laughs> so like, I thought this was like a football betting podcast and then I saw you two, I was like, they've never been in a yeah. betting shop, like ever. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> Uh, so now let's start off by looking at England's group. So England, uh, the group, we've got Poland, Hungary, Albania, Andorra and San Marino. I mean, San Marino matches are always brilliant. Um, Bobby, who do you think out of those teams do you think is going to be England's biggest threat? I don't know. I mean, you say we've got Poland, haven't we? Yeah. So obviously you've got the main man, Roberts, Lewandowski, my ad. So, you know, you've got to be looking out for him. And I think, you know... That could be a hard game, but apart from that, we really should be aiming for first, second. I mean, we should be going for first, really, in the group stage. So I think, you know, it definitely could have been worse. And, yeah, I'm not sure there's much easier groups you can get, to be honest. Yeah, Freddie, do you think it's going to be an easy qualification, a good one to watch? Oh, it should be. We, I mean, that is, I mean, really, it, on, on paper, you know, that's pretty much what we'd have picked, surely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, aside from Poland, who have got a let's be an aging team, they've got some great players. You know, your likes of Lewandowski and Milik, and st- they'll cause problems. But mm-hmm. is that strength all over the field? I don't think so. You look at you know the old stalwarts of um, of, of, of World Cups gone by. Your likes of Pishek and Blaszczykowski are both going to be too old now. Who's yeah. coming in? I think I think up top they're a strong team, Poland. But the rest definitely. of the squad is lacking, and we should definitely have enough to see ourselves on that. We should be backing ourselves there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, look at, if you look at some of the other groups, uh, especially for the home nations, Wales. They've got Belgium, so it's a uh, good we haven't got them. Um, yeah. They've also got Czech Republic in there. Northern Ireland have got Italy and Switzerland. Scotland have got Austria and Denmark. So uh, I think, as we've been saying, they've got an easy group. Um, but we've got to be careful. San Marino scored like their first goal in years the other week. <laughs> so Pickford better be doing well. Otherwise, um, we might be in trouble. Do you think um, Pickford's going to be number one or should we shove maybe Henderson in, Freddie? I'm amazed that he's still number one. I'm genuinely amazed that he's still our number one goalkeeper. He's dreadful. The likes of Nick Pope and Dean Henderson are in a different class to him right now, quite frankly. To be honest with you, with the the games that I've been watching this season, I think that uh, he's he's fallen behind uh, Sam Johnston, the West Brom keeper, who has put in some great performances. it, It seems like every two games, Pickford lets something in that he should have saved. Yeah. It's just just so... It's so weird that, I mean, he did have a deep, like, in the World Cup in 2018, he did have a decent, like, he, he, you know, he put a shift in, he was all right. But since then, he's just sort of, it just, I don't know. It's Gareth Southgate has some really weird, like, picking choices. Like, some players don't really perform, but he still puts them in the team. Like, I don't really get it. Mason Mount. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that you want from your goalkeeper, above all else, really, is consistency. I mean, people talk about Jordan Pickford's distribution uh, mm. as being his main point. And yeah, you know, in a modern goalkeeper, that is something that's increasingly important. But it remains that the single most important factor you need uh, as a goalkeeper is to be consistent. It's no good 
being world class one week and dreadful the next week. It's it's point yeah. you are de facto dreadful if if that's the case. Yeah. And I would argue that Jordan Pickford is the most inconsistent British goalkeeper. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So as I'm saying about those about the home nations, they've got all right groups. Obviously, some challenging challenges in there. Bobby, do you think that we could possibly see all the other teams, uh, all the other home nations at the World Cup as well? I mean, it would definitely be nice to see them progressing, you know, a bit further than they usually do. Also, you've got uh, Scotland with a, you know, a decent-looking team. They've got some nice, good players in there. Wales, they had a decent run in the 2016 um, Euros, so I'm not totally sure how well they could do. But, you know, there's always a chance. They've always got that, that sort of, you know, it, either way it could go. And I think, yeah, it would be really nice to see, you know, the home nations performing a bit more. I think it would be, obviously for us, it would be nicer to see England pushing on again after going after that um, the semi-final in the previous World Cup, which is obviously the Euros now. But yeah, I think apart from that, our previous tournament form has not been good enough, especially now with all the players we've got. I think it's prime time for us to start delivering and bringing something back to the country, really. Mm. And out of, obviously, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Freddie, who would you most like to play? Oh, I, I'm not bothered about any of them, to be mm. honest. England are a different class to those three teams. Um, Wales may well get out of their group. I mean, if you look at... Wales aren't anywhere near, you know, the likes of Belgium. Um, but, you know, you'd fancy them uh, certainly against Belarus and Estonia. So it comes down on whether or not they're going to beat Czech Republic. Um, and I think when you've got a, a player with the quality of Gareth Bale in your side, even though he's going to be a little bit older, I, I, I just think that that's going to make the difference. And so I'd back them to go through. Uh, Scotland and Northern Ireland, and I mean no disrespect, are literally there to make up the numbers. They're, they're not getting out of that group. It doesn't matter how much Scotland fans convince you that, you know, John McGinn is, you know, the Glaswegian Paul Pogba or whatever. It's just not happening in a million years. It's, I mean, if you look at the group that they're in, I'm just trying to get it up here. Uh, to, 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 which one are they in? Uh, Scotland are F. Yeah, Group F. Denmark, so Austria. You, you, well, you would say that Denmark and Austria are both two teams that are yeah, better than Scotland. And you'd say that Israel are about the same level. In fact, I think their head-to-head is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that just leaves Faroe Islands, again, who are just there to make They're up the numbers. But to be fair, I mean, Scotland have fucked up against worse teams than Moldova. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, I can't see them getting out of that group, personally. I, I think that, if, if we're being generous, they're the third best team in that group. Definitely. I think and that's so, what they should be aiming for, really, to come out of the tournament with a bit of pride, you know. just I think third is really where they want to finish, but it yeah, could I mean, been worse. I mean, I'm not knocking Scotland as, as, as much as I'd like to. They have got, again, they, they've got a better squad now than what they've probably had at any point in the last yeah. 10 years. You look at players like Scott McTominay, John McGinn, uh, uh, Kieran Turney and um, uh, Andy Robertson. You know, you've got players there that are stalwarts in top sides, which they haven't had for quite a long time, to be honest with you. But they are so weak in so many other areas of the park. And the thing is with, um, you know, with World Cup is that it's, it's all well and good having superstars in one or two positions. But if the rest of your team is made up of people from the, you know, 
Nordic no, fourth division or something like that. Or they're playing for Helsingborgs or something. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. They're just not of the right quality. So I think, yeah. to be honest, for Scotland, if they beat um, if they beat Faroe Islands and Moldova, have a good crack against Israel and see if they can get something off Denmark or Austria. I think they'd be happy with that. To be honest, they've just got to be yeah. happy to be there. Yeah, <laughs> well, they've well they've been challenging. It was it was a challenging match for them for Israel, and I think when you're challenged when you're finding it challenging against Israel, then you can't really be expected to compete against top yeah. European sides at all. No, I mean Israel as a country is about the the size of Manchester, and it? it's it's tiny, so it's not exactly like it's it's a massive big powerhouse of football or anything like that that yeah. they're up against. It's just you know, yeah. I mean when you hear when you hear Israel, you don't go. Oh, what a great team they've had over the years. Yeah. I guess, though, as England fans, we've got to be careful about what we're saying about tiny nations knocking us out of tournaments, especially with Iceland. But, um, but they've I'll got good players. I think if you look at our squad uh, now compared to the squad that we had against Iceland, it's vastly different. I mean, I'm somebody who, to be honest with you, um, sees international football as a bit of an irritant it, it's something that gets in the way of proper football quite frankly like and I don't know anybody in my in my life that goes oh great it's UEFA Nations League week it's just <laughs> something that we don't yeah. care about really yeah. but if you look at if you look at the players that are coming through for England this is a really exciting generation I mean if you look at um, what's he called that Musiela who's getting um, a lot of game time for Bayern Munich at the moment and scored his uh, first goals at both club and um, Champions League level uh, in the last couple of weeks 17 years old looks a really exciting prospect yeah. Jude Bellingham 17 forcing his way into a Dortmund team that's packed with talent then you've yeah. got players like Jaden Sancho who's 20. Even Marcus Rashford is like, what, just turned 24? Yeah. It's yeah like De Declan Rice, 21, 22. You know, it's, it's a team that's full of really exciting... Mason Greenwood, 17, 18 years old. It's a really exciting team that is going uh, is, is to grow. And I don't think... Um, in fact, I can't remember the last time when England looked like they had so many world-class young players that were forcing their way through uh, some of the biggest teams in Europe. Mm. Bobby, do you think we can replicate, if not do better than the semi-finals last, uh, at the last World Cup? Well, realistically, we should be. Like, as um, Freddie was saying, based on the teams, like, we've got to be having, we've got one of the best teams in the whole tournament. But I do think, you know, you're looking at, like, the, what we playing, like, in the UEFA Nations League games and the like friendlies and stuff. We don't look that good the way that Southgate sets us up. He always puts two CDMs in, so we never really look like we've got anything going forward in the middle. I mean, obviously, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, great football players, but they're not really the most creative type of midfielder, you know. So I think realistically, with the team we've got, the amount of players that we have, we should be pushing for the semi-final or even the final, to be honest. But knowing England, you know, the heartbreak is just, it feels unrealistic to say that we should be getting there, but realistically, we should be. Freddie, would you would you agree that we should be doing better? Or should is the key word. Um, to be honest with you, I, th I, I think it's really difficult to place that kind of expectation 
on a mm. World Cup campaign and to say we should be getting the final, we should be doing this or that or the other. Because the fact of the matter is, is especially when you get to the knockout side of things, one bad game, it doesn't matter who you're against, one bad game can put you out of the competition. Yeah. Uh, we've got, definitely on paper, we've got one of the top four or five squads. Uh, I mean, if you look at realistically who you would sort of think is as good as or better than England, probably Portugal with the players yeah. that they've got, France. Spain, France are, are on another level at the moment. You know, they're, yeah. they're just incredible. Belgium are probably better than us. I think and then you've Netherlands got, could be a challenge. If Yeah, and then you've got teams like Netherlands and um, Italy and also Germany, to be honest with you. We're kind of on the decline a little bit. But still, if, if we got beaten 2-1 by Netherlands or something like that, I wouldn't be gutted. I, I don't yeah. think it's about... I don't think you can go into a tournament like this and say we should get the semi-final or we should get the final. <laughs> what we should do, really, is we should be focusing on enhancing our reputation as one of the best football teams in the world, which over the last 20 years, we just haven't had. So for me personally, I'm not bothered where we finish. What I am bothered about is that we put in consistently good performances with eye-catching attractive football and people stop seeing English players as this sort of archaic tactic where we just hoof it up to the biggest person in England who controls it and, and hopes for like a, a volley in the box or something. And they yeah. start seeing us as being tactically aware, playing good football. And um, I think we finally caught up to our continental cousins. And I think that this is a good tournament to show that. Uh, Bobby, do you think that, obviously you said there about the way Southgate's been setting us up. Do you trust him as England manager or, or do you think he's a, a bit inexperienced for what we necessarily as a nation would want I really I'm not totally sure obviously England was his first really his first major managing job when you think about it and you know he had a day like in the World Cup we did well like there's no question about that like we did play well but at the end of the day he's not nowhere near as experienced as some of the managers that will be in this World Cup and I think there is a chance that that could show so obviously as we were saying we are hoping that we could put in performances and showed to the other nations that you know we are a team that is gaining a better style of football but you know there's always a chance with England that either could go really well or it could go really badly and I think it does depend on you know how we set up how we what teams we pick and I think you no know, there's definitely a chance that he could progress and be a good England manager but there's also the chance that he could keep messing up how he is recently so it's really hard to tell at the moment I think. Freddie do you think that maybe with that tournament we did have some easier teams than we possibly could have had do you think he's set our expectations of him quite high from from the recent performances well no because I mean if you think about when he took over I don't think expectations could have been lower like he, he, he took over at the time when we were a, a, a laughing stock um, and since then I mean I know that his performances over the last 12 months have been insipid to say the least but if you look at the last uh, Nations League campaign, I think we finished third or something like that. It's yeah. hard to keep track of something that I couldn't care less about. Uh, and then in the World Cup, we got to the semi-finals, uh, finished fourth, and could have very easily gotten through to the final on another day. You know, we were competitive right till the very end against another yeah. very good team. So for me personally, um, Gareth Southgate has earned the right 
to take um, the, the, the nation into this next um, football tournament completely unencumbered. And I think personally, barring a absolute disaster, I think he's earned the right to take us into the World Cup as well. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think personally, he's our manager now. He's our guy for the next two. And given where we started off and given where we are now, all things considered, he's he's earned that trust. He's earned the two free shots that he gets. Yeah, definitely. But at least Harry Kane's not taking corners. I mean, that's the key thing. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, if you look at if you look at like, for example, Bobby made a good point that you know he's there's there's far more qualified managers out there than him uh, that are going to be in this uh, competition, and that is completely true. But at the same time, way more comp- uh, way more qualified managers than him have been in charge of England and have fucked it up massively. Like, if you yeah. think about Fabio Capello, he came to England uh, and became the manager, and he was one of the most respected coaches in the world, and it was the dullest football I think anyone's ever had to sit through in their lives. Uh, Sven-Goran Eriksson was hailed as this tactical genius. Again, didn't get the most out of that squad, played Paul Scholes on the left-hand side for you know most of the time and, and finished his England career. Um, it's we've had so many talented managers who on paper look like absolute world beaters and then for whatever reason it just hasn't translated for us with our team or our expectations or whatever and Gareth Southgate somehow has managed to usurp that and bypass it all and so to be honest with you I I wouldn't swap him for anyone right now Mm. well if if you look at the people that are currently being put as the odds to if Southgate was to go. Um, it's a bit worrying. Sean Dyche is top of the list, which would be horrible to watch, I think. But as you yeah. said earlier, Freddie, about the hoofball, I think that, that would be what we would get if we got Sean Dyche. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just... It shows how incompetent the FA are, to be quite frank, that you'll yeah. get a manager like um, Gareth Southgate, who has had relative success with a certain system and a certain style and short passes and intricate play and, you know, high pressing and movement to then replace him with essentially the polar opposite doesn't make any sense at all. If we were going to replace him, surely it would be with somebody who built upon the same philosophy, somebody like Chris Wilder or maybe even Eddie Howe at a push. Yeah, well, the, re- the, the top five names, obviously, Dice is at the top. Then Graham Potter is underneath him. Um, then Eddie Howe. Um, Steven Gerrard's fourth. He's been doing yeah. an okay job at Rangers, but I don't think he could take England. And then Chris, yeah, Chris Wilder's fifth on the list. Um, but then I guess anyone can put them up. So yeah. I think that's why think Sean Dyche is favourite. This might be a bit out there, but Rangers are on amazing... Fo- oh, no. sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's um, my dad. Anyway, um, Rangers are on amazing form right now. I think they're unbeaten in the last like twenty-eight games or something. They're doing really well in Europa League, and maybe Gerard could be one for the future. Maybe when he's had a few more years of experience. I mean, it's hard to tell, to be honest. But, I think you, know, you can see it planning out quite. I well. think with Gerard, if I, I saw the thing earlier about saying, "Oh, Gerard's done really well," but then you think he is play, he is managing in the Scottish yeah, Premier the, Division, yeah, where half the team. Unless you're playing Celtic, it's a win. Yeah. yeah, but but when you but when he took over Rangers, uh, it wasn't a case of when he took over Rangers. Scotland were no longer a two-team nation; they were a one-team nation. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that team was a thousand times better than that. Rangers were regularly losing to the likes of Aberdeen. Uh, so he, he was really far down the pecking order. And he had to put up with financial instability at the yeah. club. He's, the job that he's done, and again, I don't rate the Scottish League at all, but the job that he's done is nothing short of miraculous when you yeah. consider just how much ground he's made up on Celtic. I think yeah. if he were, before he become England manager, I think come manage in a lower Premier League division side to see what he could do with there before we yeah, um, massively judge him beforehand. Yeah, um, but then if we were to look uh, a, clo- a tournament a bit closer, the Euros is obviously this summer, Euro 2019. Uh, no, yeah, sorry, Euro 2020, which is going to happen in 2021, but they're still going to stick with the branding because yeah. they've done all of that. Our group for that, uh, we're Group D, and we've got Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland in that group. Um, yeah. Freddie, do you see us topping that? Obviously, Croatia knocked us out in the World Cup. Well, the thing is, is uh, when Croatia knocked, uh, knocked us out in the World Cup, um, thus followed a mass exodus of their squad. Um, Mario Mandzukic uh, immediately retired. Luka Modric immediately retired. Um, several of the best players, Ivan Perisic, I believe, retired as well. Um, yeah. uh, several of the best players just, just called it quits. They went, look, we're not going to win next time. We're going to go out on a high. And at the moment, if you look at the people that Croatia have to replace those players, the quality just isn't there. I mean, they've got uh, Rebic, who is a tricky customer. But aside from that, I mean, I I, I think their top striker at the moment is, I I mean, I don't even know who it is. It's, it's, they've lost an awful lot of that quality. And, I think they are living on the on the on the name alone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I I I certainly don't think that you know come next year we will have anything to worry about with Croatia or Czech Republic or Scotland. Yeah, We've got um, Kramaric, the uh, Hoffenheim striker. I don't know if he's still playing or not for Croatia, but apparently he's supposed to be quite good playing well in the Bundesliga. I mean, that's the only first name player I can really think of. I mean, they've got Kovacic in the midfield. Not a bad midfielder, you know, playing right for Chelsea. As long as we don't give away a penalty against him. um, We should be all right. We should be all right. But, I mean, look at the defence. Harry Maguire might, you know, go to jail for a foul on him or something stupid. Um, If At least, uh, as we've said, the the squad's a bit better. So we're not having to rely on, like, Phil Jones and Chris Smalling to be our centre-backs. They've got a bit... We've got a bit, um, bit of a less risk when you're watching the games than thinking... Oh God, what's going to happen? Like when it was the World Cup in 2014, and we just got utterly humiliated in the group stage. Um, it's a bit pro- it's a bit more promising for us. Um, first match, San Marino on the 25th of March. So at least we're going to start off on a good, good level, a good win, hopefully. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Bobby, you you confident about us as a team, England, really? Uh, I mean, yeah, once again, as I said, Gareth Southgate seems to have some sort of, you know, something injected into the team that they do, I, I think they do trust him. And I think, you know, with the talent we've got, with the uh, the players that are there, the younger players, the more senior players, I think definitely we should be doing well, yeah. But obviously don't want to set our expectations too high. Yeah, obviously. Um, well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure you go and follow Freddie on Instagram, obviously, at Freddie Quinn. We'll tag it all below. 
Um, thank you for coming on, Freddie. It's been brilliant talking to you. And uh, make sure everyone to like, subscribe and share it with all your friends. That was the final whistle. <laughs>